So the question this morning is, why pray? Why pray? Well, we learn a lot of things by hanging around and talking to our dad. Why pray? Awful lot of ways we can approach the topic of prayer. One of the ways we can do it, you know, it's a spiritual discipline. It's something that, that Jesus tells us that we should do. And we can certainly go the guilt route, you know. We preach that, that you, you've got to pray and you've got to pray a certain way and you've got to pray a certain amount of time and a certain right time every day and there's a right way to pray and if you don't do it this way, then you're not doing what God's told you. You're sinning against God. You're not following the commandments of Jesus and I can't do that because that smacks of legalism to me. That if I do my prayers a certain way, then God's going to listen and that's going to make me good and nothing makes me good except the blood of Jesus Christ. There is nothing that I can do to make myself good and acceptable before God. He's done that already. I don't need to try to do it again. The blood of Jesus Christ makes me good. You think, well, Randy, you could do, you could do. No, you know what? The Bible says, Jesus says himself when somebody came and said, good teacher, he turns to him and says, why are you calling me good? There's no one good but God. I can't do anything to make myself good. It's the blood of Jesus that makes me good. So I don't want to pray because it's a given task. It's a part of my heavenly to-do list that I've got to do in order to fulfill my obligations to be a good Christian, a good Baptist, a good whatever. I want to pray because, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to pray because I hunger to know Jesus. That's why I want to pray. I can't know him unless I spend time with him. There is no magic in being a Christian. There's no magic in becoming a Christian. You say, well, Randy, supernatural things happen. Well, yeah, they do. When I am born again, when I'm washed by the blood of Jesus and I trust him to be my savior, his Holy Spirit comes to live in my heart. My residence is in heaven with him. There are supernatural things that happen, but I am born again. And when you are born, you are a baby, and a baby has to grow up. So I don't grow, be born again, fully mature. I am born again as a baby. I have to spend time with daddy. It's a simple family relationship. I have to spend time with daddy. I have to learn his mind. I have to see him work. And as I see him work, I begin to trust him. And as I trust him, I realize that he is asking me to do more and that I can do more. I saw my dad change that transmission. There was no doubt in my mind whatsoever. When my clutch went out on that car, there was no doubt in my mind that I could change that by myself. Why? I had never touched a transmission in my life. Knew what one looked at because some Yahoo down the street had one for a mailbox. And that's all I knew about transmissions. So I knew what to look like when I got get looked for when I got out of the car. But my daddy could do it. And my daddy wanted his son to be like him. And I wanted to be like him. And so I went out and I changed the transmission. Why pray? Don't pray because you think it's something that you're supposed to do. Pray because you want to know the Father. You want to see him work. You want to trust him more. Those are great reasons to pray. Oh, but why should I pray, Randy? Doesn't God know what I need before I ask it? Well, good for you. You remembered a couple of scriptures there. Yeah, he does. Back in the book of Isaiah, we hear God's word saying, before, before they called, 
I will answer. So when your heart is breaking over something and you haven't even thought yet to lift your voice to God, he is already answering. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. And Jesus says in, in, in Matthew 6, verse 8, which is right before the scripture we read just a few minutes ago, Jesus said, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So if that's the case, why pray? If he knows already, why would I want to do that? Wouldn't I be wasting my time? Well, you know, there were times that I thought I wanted things until I talked to my dad. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes he'd explain why things I wanted weren't such a good idea. Sometimes he pointed me to things that would be better. Sometimes he told me flat out, no, I did not attend King's College in Bristol, Tennessee. Dad and I had a go at that. Whew, that was ugly. And Daddy said flat out, no, you're not going to that school. And I didn't go. And there was a good reason. Sometimes when I asked him for something, I ended up with something completely different. But with every answer, every conversation, I learned something new about my dad and I learned something new myself that helped me grow from being a baby to turning into a mature man. Dad knew I needed to be fed and watered and clothed. And you know, everything in life, when you break it down to its simplest point, that's what everything is about. Fed, watered, and clothed. Well, what about my job, Randy? What about all of the, the promotions and all this stuff? What, what do those give to you? They give you water and clothing. That's what they're there for. That's why we do these things. Everything boils down to that. My dad knew I needed to be fed, watered, and clothed. But when I talked to dad about those things, I learned things about dad. And I learned things that, that would make me a better man. When we talk to our Heavenly Father, we learn things about Him, and those things make us better, make us holier, make us more godly, make us more mature. So, let's talk about this. When you do pray, how long do you pray? Now listen, that may be a non-question for you, but I'm telling you, I have ridden the train of guilt over that for years and years and years because I've been taught you should set aside 30 minutes every morning. You should set aside 30 minutes every afternoon. You should set aside an hour to pray. You should set aside all this time. Yeah, blow my head out. If I did everything you did, tell me to do, I'd have to pray 24-7, 365. Well, the Bible does say pray always. No, help me. How long do I pray? How much is enough? I love Ecclesiastes because the guy that wrote Ecclesiastes has that little thing in his voice sometimes. You know, he, he has a little snide kind of, of thing in the way he says stuff sometimes, a little snippiness that I find sort of, you know, that's sort of cool. In Ecclesiastes 5, 2, it says, Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God's in heaven and you're on earth. Remember who you are, therefore let your words be few. Hmm. And then in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 and 8, right before what we read a few minutes ago, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. Have you ever heard somebody pray and please, please, Lord, don't let me get in trouble? 
You ever heard anybody pray that as they pray, they keep saying the same thing over and over and over again? And you're going, please, Jesus, just say amen at some point. We heard you. We got it. And you know, but it goes even beyond that. The vain repetitions that, that some translations use here, heaping up vain repetitions, I did that. Because every time I would pray, I would always say, Father, forgive me of my sins and help me through this day. And I would say this same little litany every day. And I'd catch myself several times in my prayer saying, forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my sins. Well, Randy, aren't you supposed to pray for your sins to be forgiven? Yeah, but which ones? All I was saying was words. Forgive me of my sin. God's hearing me saying, yeah, Randy, I understand you're saying that, son. But do you realize what you did? Let's feel a little something here. But I just say it over and over and over again. That's what he's talking about here. The force of this idea is to keep on babbling a lot of meaningless words. You don't get an A because it's 15 minutes long. The length doesn't matter. How long you should pray? Pray until you've said all that you need to say and then hush. It's that simple. Pray until, all you, pray until you've said all that you need to say and then hush. Don't pray your mama's prayer. Don't pray your daddy's prayer. They always prayed this prayer and this is what they always said. Well, you know, every now and then pray that prayer when it is meaningful and says what you need to say to God. But don't say it every time because then it is meaningless repetition. The only thing you're doing is making yourself feel good. Think about it like this. When I was at AT&T, in my job, I was a little bitty lowly manager, and I had to regularly correspond with vice presidents. And they would tell me, Randy, come to my office, you have 30 minutes. When I went into their office and I had those 30 minutes, these guys are powerful. These guys have lots of things that they've got to do. I was one thing on their agenda. When I walked into that room, I realized their power. I realized who they were. I thought about what I was going to say before I walked in there. I thought about what I needed to know from them before I left. And I walked in. There was only one of those guys that I'd ever chit-chat with. And that's because I knew his little boy played baseball on a team that was doing really, really good. And he was really, really proud. And so I'd always ask him, how's your son's baseball team doing? Doing fine. How's your daughter and your two sons? They're doing great. Let's get down to business. When we walk into the throne room of Almighty God, the creator of the universe, the keeper of life, I want his attention for a few minutes. What do I really want to say? Who is it that I'm talking to? What do I really want to say to him? What do I really want to hear? Now, I'm not saying that you're bothering God or interrupting him, but you see the point? What is it that you truly want to say to the creator of the universe, the creator of all things? Think about it, say it, then spend some time sitting quietly. That's an important part of prayer. Sit for a minute quietly and go home. I'm telling you, when it comes to prayer, the clock is our enemy because we get this idea that we have got to do it for a certain amount of time. That's not the way it is. There are times, think about this, there are times when our children come to us and the answer is what the answer is and it's done and it's over and it's done in just a minute. Mommy, I'm hungry. Can I have a cookie? No, honey, you can't have a cookie. We're going to have supper in five minutes. Go somewhere else. Child is not happy, got the wrong answer. However, everybody's happy because their satisfaction, it's been answered, it's over. There are other times that your children come and ask you questions that are so hard and so deep and so complex and so 
racking with emotion and pain that it takes hours, it takes days, it can take years to get that answer till everybody's satisfied. God uses the example of the family as our relationship with him. What does that say about our prayer? There are going to be days when a short time of focused prayer, that'll be enough. And there are going to be days when you're going to have a long time of focused prayer and you have to leave and do something else and you're going to feel like I'm not through. I've got to come back. That's just the way it happens. Pray as long as you need to, then hush. And yes, the verse says pray without ceasing. Other verses that speak to that. But the point that I'm getting to is this is devotional prayer. Time that you set aside, I'm going to speak to the Lord not because i got to check off but because i got something to say. So now what do we pray about? Does it need to be spiritual? Well, what's on your mind? I did one of my little quick go through the Bibles and pick out some verses. You know, preachers tell preachers don't do that. That's the wrong thing to do. Oh, well, too bad, so sad. I went through the Bible and picked out some verses of some things that people had prayed for in the past. So here we go. We got, we got Moses... Praying to God saying, I want to see you face to face. And God says, listen, that would not be a good idea because if you see me face to face, you're going to die. No one can see the Father and live, but I'll tell you what I'll do. There's a rock over yonder. It's got a break in it. You stand in the break in that rock, I'll put my hand in front of it. When I walk by and get past you, I'll remove my hand so you can see my glory from the rear. So Moses prayed to see God, and God answered his prayer, something that I don't think I have ever seen answered anywhere before. In 1 Chronicles 29, 19, David prayed for his children. In 2 Chronicles, Solomon prays for wisdom. In the Lord's Prayer, the Lord prays, the Lord tells us to pray for our daily bread. There is nothing spiritual about that. It's praying for our sustenance, praying for that. I had somebody tell me that... that, uh, they were talking to a friend and sort of coaching them along a little bit about preparing supper. And that the person, you know, we have the same thing to eat every week, every day. It's always the same. And what do I do? And I just can't think of ideas. And the friend said, well, why don't you just pray about it? Well, now that's pretty trite. I'm going to pay about, pray about what we're going to have for supper. Why? Why is that trite? Why not lift up those things that concern you and let the Father work with that? What do I pray about? Pray about what is on your mind. Psalm 137 is ugly. It's an ugly song. If you know Godspell, if you, if you had anything to do with the musical Godspell years and years ago, that song, the, the first part of that song was one of the songs they sang. On the willows there, we hung up our lives for our captors. That song from, from Godspell. I know it because I was in Godspell. But the end of that song, they don't put in the song. Because the end of the song says this, O daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed, Blessed shall he be who repays you for what you have done to us. Blessed shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them upon the rocks. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I've ever prayed to God that he would take an enemy of mine and take their child and dash their child's head upon the rocks. It's in the Psalms, and it was prayed to 
God. Now, I understand why they did that. They were in captivity. Babylon had come in, had wiped out their land, taken all the able-bodied people back to Babylon. They were distraught that their land had been conquered. They were in captivity. They were angry. They were fired up for revenge. So they prayed that the Babylonians' children would be killed too. Not just the adults. Kill them all. That's harsh. That's cold. But they prayed it. God is big enough to handle whatever you need to pray for. You might be angry with him. You might have questions that you can't answer. You might be frustrated. You might hate somebody. You might be full of prejudice about something. There might be, you may despise certain things. Take it to God. He's big enough to handle it. Once you are honest to God, he can take you somewhere. Have the conversation. He's not going to be offended. He knows you're thinking it already. Who are you fooling? Take it to the Lord and let him change it. Change you. Take your, your concerns to your heavenly father so that you can learn his heart, so you can see him work, so you can trust him more. So how do I pray? I know what time it is, y'all. Hang in there with me. I got about five, six, seven hours left. Y'all hang on and we'll get through this thing. The last part, and that was based on the scripture. Don't panic. That was based on the scripture that we talked about. There's three things to see in prayer. Three things that we need to think about as we pray and include in our prayers. First, who are we speaking to? Our Father in heaven. That's a reminder. That's not a throwaway phrase. Our Father in heaven. See, when I was born again, my residency moved from this earth to heaven. My father is in heaven. You know, when I go back to Austell where I was raised, I always say I'm going home. Well, that's not really my home. My home is where my family lives. That's my home. But I always say I'm going home because that's where my daddy lived. I'm going home. My daddy lives in heaven. That's my home. That's the place where our prayer is heard. That's the place where where our power comes from. It doesn't come from this world. Our destination isn't this, this place. Whatever our prayer is about, that answer comes from a place where there's no mistakes and where you don't get the letter in the mail tomorrow that says, I understand that we told you this yesterday, but we made a little mistake. It's really this way. That doesn't happen with us in heaven. The one who are, answers our prayers answers with the ultimate correct answer. We go to the right place to our Father who is in heaven. The second thing that we see in Jesus' prayer is reverence and submission. Now, this one may not affect you. It scares me to death. Reverence and submission. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You are saying, let your name be honored. Let your name be called holy, not mine, not my spouse, not my children. In fact, my name can be despised. I don't care about my name. Let your name be glorified. And then we say, whatever. Whatever is the ultimate right thing that needs to be done for your kingdom to advance, let that be done. You hear what you just said? Do you hear what you just said? Whatever is the right thing that needs to be done for your kingdom to advance, let that be. I am willingly submitting myself to you, Father. I am ready to accept your answer, whatever it 
is. And that's not just when you recite the Lord's Prayer. That is in every prayer that you pray. So when you bring your concerns to the Father in prayer, your attitude has to be one that says, I don't care what the answer is. That's what I want the answer to be. And folks, to have that attitude is scary. What if God's answer is, your mama's going to die? Heal my mama. No, your mama's going to die. There's a reason. I know why. Your mama's going to die. Heal my daddy. No, I'm sorry. Your daddy's going to die. Not going to get well. Your child. That's the answer. There's a reason. Got to trust me on this. I got to marry that girl. I mean that girl. She means more to me than anything in this world. I'm telling you, when I see her, it takes my breath away. When I sit with her and hear her laugh, I can feel things run up and down my back. I mean, I can't stand to be away from her. And God says, you know what? She's not the right one. And you're saying to God, you know what? I'm willing to accept the loneliness, the heartache, the tears, the crying when I break up with her. I gotta date that little boy. No, you don't. Well, you're saying I'm willing to accept that. Whatever it means. And here's the killer. Here's the killer, and this comes from my background. Lord, if it's your will for me to be poor, then I'll be poor. Let me tell you something. I've been poor. I don't like it. My first Christmas tree cost $10. It had three sets of limbs on it. It, was, it made Charlie Brown's Christmas tree look like amazing. I don't like poor. I don't, be, I don't like to be without money. I don't like to sit down and have to think about, well, you know what? The car broke. What in the world are we going to do? And you know what? I don't have that much money. Some of you do. What if God came up to you and said, you know what? I need you, you to give everything you have to the poor, and then you will have treasures in heaven. Do you see what submission means? Submission means that whatever you want, God, is the right thing to do, and I'll lean back and you do it. And I might have to stumble around a little bit, but I accept it because it's the right thing to do and I'll be joyful because I know in the end it's the right thing. Submission. Frightening thing to me. But it's the right thing. When we go to God in prayer, when we do any prayer, reverence and submission. Now listen, if you don't have the first two down, you don't know who you're praying to and you don't have the reverence and submission thing down, <coughs> Excuse me. This, the, the next part doesn't really work because God's got to work on that first part in you. Not saying to quit praying. I'm saying God's got to work on that first part because a lot of times we pray for what we want to receive, and that's what we think his answer ought to be when he's sitting there saying, No, nah, that ain't it. You're not going to get that. I'm sorry. I'm not willing to accept that. So he's going to work on me until I'm willing to accept that. The third point is trust and dependence. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We are dependent upon God for our sustenance. Jimmy Stewart 
Y'all help me. I've said this before. I can never remember this movie that Jimmy Stewart was in. You young guys don't have a clue of who Jimmy Stewart is. You older guys know what I'm talking about here. He said, I don't know, Shenandoah, Red River Valley, some movie that he was in. And he prayed a blessing. He said, Lord, thank you for this food, but if we hadn't worked hard for it, we wouldn't have it. Yeah, well, you know what? You were able to work hard because the Lord let you have your health. So you can say it was by the sweat of your brow, but if he says that you hadn't got a brow, you don't have to worry about sweat anymore, do you? We depend on him for our sustenance. We depend on God for peace and harmony in our relationships. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us what we owe you as we forgive those who have debts against us. We're dependent on God not to heap more testing on us than we can stand. Deliver us from evil does not mean, or lead us not into temptation, doesn't mean that God's tempting us to do evil. He says in the Bible he doesn't do that, but he will test us to make us stronger. You gain muscle mass by lifting weights. You grow spiritually stronger by going through hardships. And we're praying, Lord, don't throw anything in my way that's so hard that I can't bear up under it that I would fail because I never want to fail you. And then we trust him to deliver. Somebody said that prayer is faith in action. It is a liberating expression of oneself before God upon whose coming the worshiper awaits. Why pray? Pray because I hunger to know Jesus. Not because you have to. It's not a to-do list. If it's on your to-do list, throw it out. It's not a to-do It is a, I want to know my Father. I want to know Jesus. I want to spend time with him. I want to learn his mind. I want to see him work. As I see him work, I know he's going to grow my trust in him more and more. And the more trust I have in him, the more the verse that he strengthens me, that I can do everything in his power, the more real that becomes and the more everything I can do. I want to spend time with him. Why pray? Because I must. I must know Jesus. I must know Jesus. And the only way I can know him is to spend time with him. I will pray. I will pray because I hunger to know Jesus. Y'all pray with me. Our Father in heaven, confess to you that there are times when submitting to you is terrifying I don't know your mind you may choose for my child to be a missionary to India I don't want that I want them to live 30 miles away from me far enough that they can't drop in on me without me knowing it close enough that I can get to them when they need me But Father, if you call, then let it be according to your will. Help us, Father, to be able to submit to your will. Father, there are people in here right now that your your spirit is dealing with, saying, I want to make you my child. Help them to submit that whatever you want is best because you are our Father. 
You know what we have need of. We have many, many wants. Help us to get it together with you. And in this moment, please, Father, stir us to want to know you more. In Jesus' name, amen.